Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 18 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. My name is Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. Hello there, Michael. Howdy doody. And today we are hooking you up with the mm. history of cable television. Hook up. We Maybe. are going to de-scramble, if you will, the history oh, of cable. You like that one? I see all the things. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, I guess yeah. I could say, it, right? It's, we, it's all clear to me now. We have to say, yeah, the signal is it, clear. Yeah, the signal's clear. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us here, everybody, as we get into the history of cable TV. But before we do that, if this happens to be your first time listening and you want to listen to us talk about something else, we do have a bunch of other episodes in the archives that in you can archives. check out. In the archives. Yeah. That you can check out. All different topics. Each week is something completely different. Different. That's kind of right. what we do here. And the main goal of the show is to celebrate the past. I mean, why not? I mean, it's we what are, we do here. This we is, remember it. We love it, and we bring it to you. We do our best week. to do so each week. And thank you guys for being with us here. Please, if you have a Twitter, follow us at AWM Podcast on Twitter. And also, this is a good one. We have a Facebook group, and this, I promise you, is a non-confrontational, like non-troll-y Facebook group. Yeah, you can just interact with folks about old soda or something. Yeah, whatever like, the topic of the episode might be for the week or anything, you know, yeah. retro pop culture, join our Facebook group. It really is like a lighthearted, no beat type of thing. It's lovely, really. I really think it it's is. It's all positive. It is positive. It, you know, action figures and all sorts of fun. Yeah, from last week. That was yeah. a fun time. So, again, if you're joining us for the first time and you want to hear us talk about maybe a topic you're more interested in, mm-hmm. please subscribe and check out some other stuff. But, Quinn, like we said, we are talking about cable TV. All across the country, in large cities as well as in small, people are tuning in and turning on to cable television. Now, I would wager, as we often wager, we do, a lot of wagering goes on in this show, mm-hmm. that most, if not everyone listening, has at least at some point had cable TV. Uh, yeah. Most people. Maybe not every single person. I mean, person, I had it my whole life. So did I. Uh, now, cable television, for those of you that maybe are a little bit older than us, cable TV boomed in the 80s. Right. And into the throughout the 90s and as it well. It exploded. It really did. And one of the big reasons for that was the variety of options, the variety of channels that you hadn't previously had with regular TV. Imagine 30 channels of quality movies, news, science, and family programming for only $14.95 a month. On top of it, you didn't need to get reception or anything. It was always perfect. Yeah, you didn't right? need an antenna. To me, that's the big draw of it in that the was. early days. That was a huge draw. And eventually, cable went digital around the late 90s, early right. 2000s. And then, of course, streaming, which we will get to all of that later. So cable is still in existence, obviously, yeah. and still millions upon millions of people here in the United States have cable. They do. Not as many percentage-wise as did, let's say, 15, 20 years ago. They, they've either moved on to like a cable package over the internet, which is essentially the same thing, honestly, or- In functionality, yeah. Yeah. Or they've, you know, they have retained it because maybe the deal was better because they have gotten cheaper to sweeten the pot a little bit, right? Right, absolutely. Because one thing cable still has is the variety to this day, in my opinion. Well, that was always the big appeal. Yeah. One of the biggest appeals was the variety. They have they have a lot of negotiating power and shit, so that they always Some make would say sure, too much. Yeah, but <laughs> what I mean by that is the advantage of that as the end user is that generally they have everything. Good point. They're not f- fighting to, like, keep some channel or something. Good point, Quinn. You know? Obviously, to get to where we are now, we have to go back to the history here. 
Quinn, what's entertainment? Entertainment. Well, it's a thing that you watch or sometimes even do, and it keeps you entertained. Like an activity, perhaps? An activity, uh, maybe a play. A sport. A sport. People talking. Talking, Like people listening to us right now might be entertained. Or it might just be television. Oh, television, yes. Now, we, we don't need to get into the entire history of TV, but it really started to be experimented with, as we've mentioned before, mm-hmm. in the late 30s. Experiment is the key word, Joe. After 10 years of experiment, television, first shown to the public at the World's Fair, now takes its place as a new American art and industry. And it was uh, becoming little by little more adopted uh, throughout the 40s, but this was strictly what we call either broadcast television also known as over-the-air right. television or terrestrial TV. And the reason it is called over-the-air is because literally there are large transmitters mm-hmm. on top of usually tall buildings. Yeah, it was essentially just the video, the visual version of a radio. Yeah, it's still, it's still frequencies it's still in the, the air. It's still the same technology, Correct. just a different frequency. Exactly. Right? No, nothing different. And, and actually, that was the big hurdle to get over was how do we send visual signals over... These frequencies, right? Correct. And, and they got it. And they got it. And, you know, big cities such as New York, you know, the Empire State Building had the transmitter for the longest right. time and still does to this day. Chicago, Los Angeles, your major metropolitan areas, Philadelphia, they would have, you know, their big antenna, their big transmitter, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then people, the end user, would use their TV antenna, right. usually on the roof, to tune and receive signals. Like Quinn said, much like a radio. It's funny. You know, a lot of houses... Not as much to this day. A lot of them have been taken down, but I remember still in the late 80s and early 90s, you know, if you were looking at a house with your parents as a kid and they were looking to buy, right, you'd always notice, hey, there's a TV antenna up there. They were ubiquitous, I would say. They were still like installed oh, yeah. like as like a feature oh yeah you know yeah. that was a big deal to have a yeah. tv antenna it was it was yeah. a standard thing to have when you buy a super color special tv antenna radio shack has everything you need to make installation easy so obviously this works great if you're in or close to one of these major metropolitan areas and you can receive the signals right but the problem was Believe it or not, there's people, you might not know this, that don't live on either coast. No. And they, they might don't live in a farm <laughs> right. or a forest. Yeah, or, the or woods. The, maybe even the desert if you're out in you know, Arizona. Phoenix or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So if you're in a more rural, spread out area or in the mountains, you yeah. can't receive these signals. And thus was the dawning of cable television. Now, right. we're specifically covering the United States history because that's where we're from and right. most of our audiences. However, I do want to make special mention to our friends across the pond. They actually did experiment with cable prior to the United States in the now, late see, 30s. See, I think that's very interesting only because... We have nothing else to do. Well, specifically the UK, it's a much smaller region. I'm not, I'm not sure the... It's an the, island. Right, but it's a smaller region. It's yes. not as spread out as the United States. It feels like there's not as much of a need per se, to, to not broadcast it over the air? Well, because BBC One, I think, was already around by the time yeah. they were doing it. I think BBC was involved. Well, that's the other thing, is that the government was kind of hooked up with the television yeah. and everything, so I guess the money was flowing, right? The money was flowing. But to get to the United States history, we have to begin in 1948. That is the agreed-upon date where cable was first started. And uh, in Mahanoy City, Pennsylvania, which is near the Wilkes-Barre area. It's not near Philly. Scranton, Wilkes-Barre? Kind of near Scranton, but it's like it's okay. west. There was a man named John Walson, and John Walson owned a uh, an appliance store. One of the things that he would try to sell in his store, Quinn, was a television set. Interesting. See, I thought you were going to say his name was John HBO. Or- <laughs> Johnny Showtime. Yeah, Johnny Showtime or something. <laughs> but listen to this, right? He's trying to sell TVs. 
they're not in the Philadelphia metro area. People, most people, and there's some mountains in this area, cannot receive the signal. So buying a TV is just about useless. Right. You can't get the... What are you going to watch on it, right? You're too far away from Philly, right? And, and VCRs are not really kind of They don't exist yet. yet so, no. I mean, that would be the other use for it, right? right? If like, you even could. Or even an Atari or some shit like yeah, that. But or, not, or a computer in general. Yeah, but in 48, I mean, we are yeah. just past the war. So you don't even have that. We're not even in the 50s yet. Right. Uh, so what he did, and this was all in an effort to try to sell more televisions, is he mounted a large antenna on a pole on a mountain... Smart. Very smart. CNBC. A very smart CNBC. And then he ran a cable from that antenna to his store. See, clever, right? What yes. if we just wire it straight up? Correct. Right? You know? Then what he would do is ran cables from his store to any of his customers that wanted the TV. Mm-hmm. He would charge an installation fee and a small monthly service fee. He went up the mountain, literally hooked it, hooked it up, and just wired it to the thing. Yes. And just distributed it probably from some central location. From his store. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. It's uh, ingenious. From if you my think understanding, about it. too, is like the way cable worked at the beginning was I mean, these things were hooked to antennas, no? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you have to get it somewhere. Right. Because it still was broadcast. Yes. Like it wasn't direct feed. That's it would correct. later be. I know that. It would that. later be. Yep. Yeah. And we'll get to all of that. But think about this, folks. If you've ever heard the term community antenna television, CATV, which now CATV usually stands for cable TV, yeah. but it stood for community antenna television. And the reason for that is very simple. The large antenna to the TV broadcasting served the community. Gotcha. Yeah. Community antenna. It's actually like a practical solution because I believe there's no real... You know, too much of a limit spreading the signal like that, and you could just put a repeater or something if you got to go. Yeah, if you go long distance, right? That's exactly what you do. You just you amplify it it's along not, the way. It's not like the antenna's working harder. No, <laughs> it's just sitting there receiving the, the signal. The antenna does what it does. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great point. Well, I do want to mention that while the guy uh, John Walton is disputed as the quote unquote inventor of cable, and that's because they don't actually know when in '48 he was doing this. Congress and the National Cable Television Association, which is a real thing, hmm. they do recognize him as the inventor. But however, at the same time in the same year on the West Coast, there was a man named Leroy Ed Parsons, and he was in Astoria, Oregon. And he had heard that a Seattle radio station, which was about 125 miles away, was going to launch a TV station. Interesting. So he himself, also independent of this John Walson fella, found a large antenna. It's almost like it's a practical problem that needs to be solved. Correct. And it's just different use cases that are being like cropped up and like people who had just even a little bit of engineering know-how, they're like... What if we just hooked a cable to it and yeah, like right. ran it ran it down the mountain or something? That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, like so. This guy, uh, he put it on the roof of a hotel, probably the tallest, tallest building, building in town, right? Yep. <laughs> and then ran a cable to his apartment, distributed it from there, and he too charged an install fee and a monthly service fee. And to me, that's like fair. Right? It is fair. I mean, it's fair, but you know, obviously, it would be abused by companies later down the line. Yeah, just a tad. But if you're if you're just Joe <laughs> Schmo hooking a cable up, might as well just Fuck give it. me five bucks or whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in, so it's worth my time. The right? original stealing cable, basically. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but in either case, like Quinn mentioned before, both of these systems and any other ones around this time were all they were doing was they were taking the broadcast transmitter signal at the time the big three of ABC, NBC, and CBS. Right. There was also Dumont floating and, around. And the key benefit is the antenna is in the best spot possible so the signal is the strongest yeah it's supposed to be serving people over the airwaves doesn't mean it isn't affected by weather or the thing coming down or a storm or some crap good point the thing coming down the the, the antenna oh the thing coming down yeah 
Remember when the thing comes like, down? The thing comes down, yeah. It's not, it's not fun. Uh, but what they were doing is they're amplifying the signal that the transmitter was getting, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were rebroadcasting that signal via the cable right. you know, and sending it to people. And in 1950, the first true commercial... Not just some guy, you yeah. know. <laughs> the first cable system was formed by a man named Robert Tarleton. You know what's all interesting about this to me? Is yes, that Michael. CBS, NBC, ABC, them, mm-hmm. that they didn't be like, is this legal for them to be like rebroadcasting our signal like this? Because that's what they're doing. The reason they didn't care, because they more people were able to see their programs. Right, and so they're advertising. Correct. They could charge free. more. Yeah. Because you got to remember- They the, could say, we're in this many homes now, and we didn't have to pay a nickel to be in that many exactly. more homes. Exactly. Right? They're just sending the signal to the right. transmitter. And you got to remember, the FCC and whoever else is involved in this, TV broadcast TV was free. Right. Let's just make that very clear in case we haven't made that clear. You buy the TV- Right. And the antenna- and that's it. Basically, the, the principle of it was just the radio, like I said, just with vision. Yeah. Like, that's all it was, right? It, it, so, just like the radio, you put your antenna up, you turn the thing on, you turn the dial to see what's on each frequency, basically, That's right? all it is. But an examination of the set contributes little to an understanding of the subject. Except for the screen and slanted mirror that reflects the image to the audience, it is much like a radio in appearance. So this man, Robert Tarleton, that we were talking about, he rounded up a bunch of TV retailers himself in Lansford, Pennsylvania, which is kind of in the same area as Wilkes Bar. Uh, and this was to do the same thing, to send signals to the people in the community. But this caused a snowball effect here in the early 50s. And one of the players involved in this snowball effect was an electronics company known as Gerald Electronics. Gerald was, uh, at the time, a distributor of television broadcast equipment like amplifiers and taps and multi-taps, other broadcast items. But what they did is they assisted in the construction of the cable systems. And Gerald went on to be one of those manufacturers of those set of those boxes that you will I'm find. Very, I'm finding this very fascinating, the, like the do-it-yourself nature of it. it. It's just kind of a solution to like an annoying problem. Yeah. And people, and people just kind of were like, well, I'll gather up the wires and hook it up right. in, the, in, the, in the multiplexers and the signal amplifiers yeah, and all exactly. this bullshit. I have the stuff. you know. <laughs> I'll have the stuff and I'll just hook it up in my town. Right. Like, you know, it, it's very interesting, actually. It, it, it's, hard, it's kind of quaint in a way yeah. because it's different companies and, and people with ideas working together right. like, yeah. to solve a problem. Because, again... It kind of reminds me of the early days of computers in the 70s, right? It, it was it was a share, like a lot of sharing of ideas yeah. and, and, and <laughs> just try the best way we could possibly do this and yada, yada, yada. Good point. Yeah, that's exactly what it was because the areas we're talking about, folks, are not your major cities. Right. And no offense. Those places, this would never develop because they don't have that problem. Yeah, they don't give a shit in New York City. or You, you turn know. on a TV in any building in the city <laughs> right. and it just get full signal. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Tune your rabbit and uh, yeah. rabbit ears and you're good. Maybe point it out the window or whatever <laughs> if you're in a shitty apartment that doesn't have the thing on the top. Pointed at your antenna. ass. That's not necessary. Now, the, the snowball effect we were talking about led to cable companies being formed. But like we said, broadcast TV was free. However, the broadcast tours, such as NBC, CBS, ABC, of course they're going to want to find a way to monetize this beyond yes. the sponsors. And this, this seems to be the obvious problem from the get-go to me, right? I mean, with anything, right? I mean, even back in the day with the internet, right? When it first started, remember people were just finding cheap-ass ways to like oh, hell yeah. redistribute the internet? Oh, like, yeah. And, <laughs> like <laughs> using 56K well beyond its expiration date. Absolutely. Starting like a nickel for it. But like it's just some local Joe Schmo or whatever. Love it, love that. And, like kind of stuff. it's like that shit. And obviously, like it was only a matter of time before the networks are like, "What the fuck? It's our signal. Like, why are we not 
making any money. Why are we money? not capitalizing yeah. on this? But they couldn't find a way to just yet. Now, I do want to mention, uh, when we're talking about these over-the-air signals, we're talking about VHF, which is very high frequency. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it stands for. It's not, not UHF? Not ultra-high. No, we're talking about VHF because VHF receivers are the ones typically built into TVs right? that the antennas would tune to. These VHS receivers, VHF, VHF receivers would only really receive strong signals on every other channel. And I just found that interesting because I never thought about it. So that's why CBS was two, NBC, NBC was, was four. four, and then five and six, like it depended. So that's why ABC was usually six or seven. Yeah. I guess it was even better if you were seven because you would be further away from the other two. Correct. Right? And yeah. then nine, 11, and 13. Mm hmm. And that was the spectrum. So if you're wondering about the odd channels there, it was, or the even numbered ones, it was due to interference. Gotcha. That they couldn't be too close no, together. I never even like, that never even occurred to me, but Fox was on five. So that's weird. Yeah, later. And yeah. things changed a little bit. So we were talking about UHF, right? You mentioned right. UHF Ultra High. The, I guess the, is it the black sheep of the frequencies? Yeah, it was all like the weird channels. Yeah. Like they were like additional languages right. and like off the wall crap that like just some local, yeah. local like, hey, I got a channel. Like, you know, like, <laughs> hey, it was like, I got a channel. Right. Yeah. Watch me milk my cow. Yeah. That type of thing. Was PBS over the air by this point? I mean, no, did, PBS didn't come until 1970. Gotcha. I think it was NET was and then PBS. 13 or whatever. Yeah. It was 13. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But UHF was kind of screwed for a while throughout the 50s. And I'll tell you why. The TVs that were sold had VHF receivers. They didn't have UHF receivers on no. board. Mm. This changed, however, in 1964 with the All Receiver Act. Huh. which was Congress requiring all newly manufactured TVs See, to have both tuners. You know what's interesting about that? If you th- why just I'm just trying to think of the logic here. If my competitor's TV only has a VHF tuner and my TV has both, wouldn't my TV sell more than my competitor's TV? I, I would think so. Like, but I, I get more channels. Yours doesn't. It's an inferior model. I think part of it was uh, the fact that in the interest of fairness, they just wanted to have them both built in, kind of like AM and FM. Yeah, it's just weird that it came to that, is what yeah, I mean. It came that, to that. That the natural competition between Westinghouse and you yeah, know, all these General uh, Electric all, and all these companies RCA. making TVs and stuff, right. they wouldn't just be like, one of them wouldn't be like, well, F you. Both. <laughs> like, it, Maybe they did, yeah, Quinn. Maybe yeah. they did, in all seriousness. But I want you guys to bear in mind, as now we're in the 60s here. When we're talking about cable, right? Two points. Almost no one had it. We're talking like 5-6% of the country in mm-hmm. the 60s. Right. It's not not a lot of people have this because not a lot of people have a need for it. But here's the other reason. The only thing these cable systems are doing is rebroadcasting the over the air. There's no unique original cable programming yet. There's nothing new. So if you don't need it, there's no reason to pay for it. It's only if you need it. It's true. Does that make sense? That's why less of the country has it. That totally makes sense, though. But then the FCC became involved in the 60s, (laughs) of, of course, right? And throughout, somebody needs to police this, right? <laughs> and that's what they do, right? Yeah, for better or for worse, yeah. I guess. So throughout various bills and lawsuits and legislation, their oversight and their jurisdiction was established as far as community access TV. And among mm-hmm. some of the restrictions that the FCC put in place over these new systems was a cable TV system has to carry all of the local stations in its region. Gotcha. So you can't be selective. If you're going to hook up your cable shit and distribute it, it has to get everything that the area gets. Yeah. Which is fair. Okay. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. The other one is that the cable television systems cannot broadcast programs from a non-local station. Okay. So if you're set up in Wilkes Bar, you can't try to pull something in from Ohio. I guess that's fair, right? So that they wouldn't like cross... 
Yeah. There wouldn't be seven versions of CBS in one area or it, something. Exactly. And that way, the different you know stations can't complain about people encroaching on their territory. Yeah. It's kind of like the NWA. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it almost feels like it needs, it's like a functional need in a certain way, right? It's like because for the viewer, that's just confusing. Because what if I'm sifting through seven versions of CBS and like it's the same thing on every single one? Like, right, and then I'm, I'm all I'm doing trying to do is get the channel NBC, whatever that is. That's a right? good point. And the only difference might be, you know, the local news is going to be different, and right, the, the yeah. advertising, but the, yeah. the main programming will be the same. Yeah, there's no point. The FCC's reasoning on paper, anyway, was that cable television was supplementing but not replacing the local stations, which is true. Like we said, it was rebroadcasting right. to areas that couldn't get it, and that all changed in 1972 when there was deregulation. The restrictions mm. were taken away, and original. I know that was a big deal amongst cable. I'm mean, yeah. them bragging about it. It's like deregulation. It saved cable or it, whatever. It was a big deal because in 1972 is when original programming over cable became possible. And one of the FCC's first mandates during this time was that all cable systems in the top 100 United States markets must offer public access television, not to be confused with PBS. That's right. public broadcasting like the local, system. Like in my town, I lived in East Brunswick. We had channel, I think, 8 was the EBTV Br- or whatever, right? Yeah, but that stuff still existed. Like it, yeah, it, we the, had The government too. said, like, hey, it has to. When you think shopping, think East Brunswick. I'm Mayor Bill Neary. Happy and healthy holidays to all. And honestly, I kind of think that's like a win for the government to pull that off in a you weird think? way because... I think public access television is important. I mean, a lot of local kids could learn a trade, becoming an engineer. I guess that's or, true. Or, you know, a television operator. Like that's why that was the vision for a lot of those programs. It all sounds very right. utopian, right? Well, I mean, it's <laughs> the seventies, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it was also used as like a community bulletin board. You yeah, know, they would do like town announcements. But I know on a lot of vocational of technical yeah. schools would be hooked into the the local channel they would i mean right we, like we had one totally in our educational was a lot of it a lot of it was yeah. yeah because the fcc wanted that type of thing by the way while we're on the fcc i just want to clear up in case anyone has any misconceptions here there are no actual fcc rules that apply to the content on cable network they only regulated the over the air right correct the actual cable stations self-regulate for right. the sake of advertisers and demographics and people complaining but that was one of the first things that they realized they could do with cable like unedited movies for example if they want to they can yeah you know you can have the f word or whatever yeah and it might have been just a hollywood movie that had it like you know and you don't have to edit it so if you're wondering though folks like well why don't they do that it's because of advertising right demographics people complaining decency you know things like that also in the early days there was a lot less advertising on cable that's a good point and you would play movies in full you were paying for it why why am i going to advertise right exactly then they realize oh well if we put commercial breaks in this yeah we can make more money money on top of the subscription fee exactly so I just wanted to clear that up there. But anyway, in 1976, we are getting closer and closer to the modern times now for cable. That's when the FCC, the 76, stipulated that all new cable systems had to have 20 channels. Right. I remember growing up, I think we had up to like channel 47 is the, like my youngest memory watching TV. I think our TV went up to like, our cable went up to 47 or so. Hmm. Do you remember what yours was? I feel like there was like something in the 60s, but I don't remember the... 
precise thing. I had the UHF signal. 68 was... There was the- a lot of freaking channels, especially by like the late 90s. Oh, by the late 90s, yeah. yeah. I'm talking early 90s, In the I early days, uh, yeah, you're probably 40 it was sounds like in the about 40s, right. right? I feel like Nickelodeon was like in the 30s, and that's the only reason I knew it was. how high it went. And folks, we're going to want to hear your stories. Yes, I really mean it. Maybe uh, you remember getting cable, mm-hmm. some of you. Or do you still have cable? Do you just love it? Are you used to it? Or did you cut the cord and why did you? We yeah. want to know these things, folks. So be sure to tweet at us at AWM Podcast or obviously join our group. But let's get back to the FCC in 1976. Okay. 20 channels. That means that we need to have more things on the cable, right? right? Yeah. So this gave way to what we call to this day basic cable. Basic cable doesn't mean free. No. It means you pay for it, but it's your basic package. What a cable package. The, it's the networks and usually something. Right. Like, like just something extra. <laughs> and the first one, the first man to do something extra with this was a man named Ted Tana. Ted Tana, yes. Out of Atlanta. I know this was definitely part of the ba- basic cable package it was the Turner was. Networks here. It does. It was. So Ted Turner was a, a mogul. Right. right, we've talked about moguls before. We don't know what it takes to be a mogul. Yeah, but he was a mogul specifically in cable. cable. <laughs> that was Television. His, that was his bread and butter. It was. That's he, where he made his name. Right, he, he even was a put, young, younger man when he got into the cable business. He was, and you know what? He did something that no one had done before. He took his station, which his local station at the time was known as WTCG in Atlanta. You are tuned to WTCG TV, Channel Seventeen, Atlanta. That became the first superstation, and what that means, you've probably heard of the superstation TBS, right? right? They became the first local station to broadcast to the cable providers via satellite. Right, so their signal was clean. Right? Very it was, clean. It was like, oh, wow, it's like pristine on TBS. This looks great. You know, it's, it was, it's not just a rebroadcasted over-the-air signal. Correct. I think it was SATCOM 1, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. But one way or another, using satellite, you're reaching wherever the hell you damn want at this point. Yeah. I remember somebody explaining satellite um, on some history of cable thing or something. You know, they were showing it to somebody, and he and he was asking the question, is like, oh, wow, and, and it looks this good, and it, it can go to, like, a lot of places. And, and the guy's like, not a lot of places, everywhere. And they were like, Oh, like, <laughs> right. like, like they, I think they, the, the misunderstanding was it was maybe like a wider area or something, right, but no, it was like the entire planet. It's everywhere. Like, it's like, and then suddenly it's like, you know, dollar signs because they're like advertising. advertising. Oh my goodness. That's the money, we can, man. We can be everywhere, right? Now, just to be clear, and I'm not, I'm not doing this to be like patronizing yeah. or uh, insult anyone's intelligence, but we're not talking about satellite television. What we mean is that the signal is beamed up to the satellite and then downlinked back to the local carriers who then distribute it via right. cable. Which means, you know, you can basically have cable everywhere. Correct. Right? I just because w- you, all you need is an uplink or a yeah, downlink up- or whatever. Both. You yeah. need the uplink from the local station to the satellite. Right. And the satellite shoots it down and the local carriers pick the it local up. local carrier station, yeah. And that gets distributed through their normal trunk and their cables. And, and the all quality that. is good. And the quality is good. Exactly. So Ted Turner's uh, WTCG was the first to do this. It became TBS in 1979 if you were curious when the branding changed Hmm. interesting um but the actual first first to do this was not a cable station in the sense that we would consider it like basic cable it was the the first premium cable station home box office yes hbo in 1975 they did the same satellite method for the thrilla in manila fight between ollie and frazier yeah and um actually satellite i know this that sports in general it was a 
like a godsend because you know there was sports all over the world and sometimes they were in weird spots and smaller arenas sure. and all you got to do is bring a truck with a satellite on the back of it and suddenly you could just broadcast it to the the station and right. boom it's everywhere right and that's exactly what it did it would shoot it to the satellite yeah boom, there you yeah. go so other super stations followed suit uh you might have heard of wgn out of chicago superstation wgn is that the one with the weird noise, WGN? I th- no, that's uh. Do that, I have to look up a noise now to dump no, in? No, that that is that you don't want to play that noise on the air. It, what it's noise? Spooky. What? That spooky, spooky. That PBS station that's like from Boston. That's what I was. Oh, don't bring it. that up, Quinn. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then also <laughs> WOR and now known as WWR out of the New York area, Secaucus, I believe. Right. Actually, New Jersey. A lot uh, of stations in Secaucus. Yeah. Secaucus. <laughs> yeah. You ever been there? <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> been, been there. Been through it. Been through it. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching New York's Channel 9, WWOR-TV. And those are two super stations. Again, they originate in these major metro areas like Atlanta, like Chicago, like New York, but now anyone that's purchasing the basic cable can get these stations. Right. So we're getting away from only local being available. That's yeah. the big key here. Yeah, it's finally it's finally expanding out of the, the little bubble. Exactly. Right? So you're getting other programs that maybe are not being rerun on your channels, mm-hmm. but they're being rerun on TBS or WGN and movies and things like you, that. You know what's another thing that's developing through this too is you know satellite and cable carriers and whatnot. You don't need a network anymore. It's not prohibitively expensive Correct. to start a TV station. Yeah. Right? That's a good like, point. The problem with why you can't compete with ABC, NBC, CBS is because to build those <laughs> things took decades. They started of, in radio. Of, of, of getting in contact and, and putting locations in all sorts yeah. of parts of the country to redistribute the signal. Right. Right. Now you just any old guy could just start a station as long as he you know gets hooked up with a cable carrier. Yeah, his station's everywhere, if right? If you can uplink it to the satellite, you're right. golden, man. Yeah, and ten- or if he can just direct jack into it too, whatever, if right? He could jack it, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Ted Turner jacked a few more. He actually uh, founded the next one as the CBN, that was the Christian Broadcast Network. Uh, he was behind that, eh? I was behind that. Yeah, uh, he that's was actually like, believe it or not, a really good idea was extremely popular. It was very popular. Yeah. Uh, it eventually became the Family Channel, and then other yeah. things spun off of that, which we don't need to get into. But that was in 77. His big one, though, and obviously still around to this day, CNN was CNN, Ted Turner. Yes. The first 24-hour news network. This is CNN. I think CNN is such a crazy good idea. You know what it does? It takes the idea of movies like how HBO innovated there, right? The idea that what if we just had a channel that showed feature-length movies all day, you know, 24 hours, and whenever you, you whenever you want, you just, you know, find the schedule, especially with the emergence of VCRs and stuff. Sure, yeah. And you can watch the movie, right? Yep. Well, what's another thing that you're always like, damn, I, I, I wish this was on. I just want to just check it for a couple of minutes, right? The news. The news. It's surprising. It's the second one. You would think the news would be the first one. The news was- For news, Turner, you mean. Right. I just mean to say is that the news was so prestigious already for the networks. Well, because that, of Cronkite and right. Chancellor and all those the guys. The fact that yeah. like somebody didn't come- that, like That wasn't the first use of it seems almost funny, right? That's it's a like, good point. 
the news is something that is developing all day, right? There's almost an inherent need for it to be broadcast all day because even the paper back in the day, they'd have to do three editions back in the olden the, times. The early, the midday, and the evening. Because the news is always developing, right? Good point. So, when did the evening paper phase out, by the way? I don't know. I swear it was around when I we think were kids I, still. I, I thought it was television was basically what made it obsolete because the, the TV, like basically you could get the paper in the morning, read it, and then if anything happened throughout the day, the networks could tell you at night what happened. Like right? Peter Jennings would charge right. in and, right, and exactly. say that Nixon died or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Was it him that said that? Yeah. And even then, I mean, even just TV, Walters. TV in general, it's really hard for newspapers to compete with something that oh. could just jump in at any point. But then of you course. go the more extreme. What if we just have a fleet of news anchors and they're just up all night? Exactly. You know, like, and CNN was the first. Uh, so again, we're talking about the functionality of it, not anything political here yeah. we don't do that on this show i mean it wasn't what's funny is it wasn't even political it wasn't even it was a then. straight it, yeah. it was dry very dry it was just here's the news every hour on the hour right the reason that was such a big deal again if you're younger maybe even than we are is because until that point on television your news came at specific intervals just exactly. like the newspaper what's funny is that the networks did it like the newspaper they did the morning the midday, midday and the evening and the right evening. and yep. then cnn and the late of, night cnn sort of made that obsolete if nothing else it made it much less important right because it was still important for your local local cnn wasn't going to give you you know your town i mean the networks moved because of cnn the influence of cnn and what other stations came out of that the the networks moved to being more of like prestige news like oh well we can get an interview with this like gorbachev or some important person or some shit in the 80s you know what i'm saying did they interview gorbachev i'm sure they did I'm sh- I think Barbara Walters or something. Why does that thing on you happen? Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, there was also, I guess we'll just mention them. Now, the other stations that came out, this Fox News eventually, of course, in the right. mid-90s. MSNBC was another one that came about yeah. in the mid-90s. Uh, not to be confused with CNBC. Very smart. Very it's smart. A different thing. CNBC on itself is actually like another taking advantage. Tell us why, Michael. Okay, you have to remember, most people don't have access to a stock ticker. But yet, I don't. the stock market has existed since the beginning of the century and prior, right? So, it didn't go well in the 20s, from you what know, I understand. It's not exactly, um, if you're trying to invest money and you, you need to know where the stock is moving, it's not exactly like you you can track that other than read the what, what the ticker was at the end of the day in the paper from yesterday. I guess right? that's a good point. Right? So, like, what if we use the TV and we just put the ticker at the bottom and then we just filled the rest of it with just like news on business and stuff. That's exactly like, what so it was. It's so simple, but it works, right? Yep. But these are all like, we're talking all like practical uses right now, right? We're Correct. not talking entertainment. We're not even talking entertainment unless right. you find stocks entertaining. I'm but sure the, someone does. But this is stuff that, this is functional stuff that I think cable added, especially in an age before the internet, right? Yes, and it's, it was impractical for the over-the-air people to do this. Right. I'm not going to, if I own NBC... I'm not playing news 24-7. I'm not putting a stock ticker under the TV movie. Under the days of our lives or whatever. like, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's the functional end. However, there was also an entertainment end, and guess what? We'll be talking about that in just a second here, but we are going to break... Going to go to a station break, station yeah. identification for a second oh, here. Okay. When we come back, that's the law, right? That's definitely what we're doing, yes. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into more of the big heavy hitters that popped up in the 80s as far as cable, the cable TV that we all remember. We'll be doing that right after this with more Acid Wash Memories.
Are you ready to be excited, exhilarated, and completely entertained? Then get ready for a workout with cable. Feel the action of sports. Be there as news happens. Get in on all the laughs. Cable really entertains you and takes you to the edge. So, how do I get there? You gotta call. But you gotta call now, because this great offer won't last forever. I want more. Get premium TV. It's nonstop. Showtime is action-packed. HBO is pure excitement. The movie channel is your movie ticket. Cinemax really moves you. Call 1-800-OK-CABLE OK now and get 50% off installation when you order cable and two or more premium channels. If your VCR is a pain to program, then get rid of it and get the RCA VCR with VCR Plus and cable box channel control. To record a show, just look for the VCR Plus code in your TV listing, then punch it in. It's as simple as that. So if you've had it with your old VCR, get rid of it and get the first one with VCR Plus and cable box channel control built in. Most places don't serve hamburgers hot off the grill. They reheat them. Not Wendy's. We make our 99 cent junior bacon cheeseburger hot off the grill with fresh beef and two strips of bacon on our 99 cent super value menu. It's everything you'd expect from Wendy's. And now we return to more acid washed memories. And welcome back to more Acid Wash Memories. This is episode number 18. Talking about cable television, I'm Joe Murata, and we have the Descrambler, Michael Quinn. That's doing? me. They call me the Descrambler all, all the time. All the time. Uh, we hope you guys have been enjoying this little romp through the history, I guess, of cable TV. And uh, be sure to follow us, of course, on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our Facebook group. You know, before we switch, we were talking about some of the utility aspects of cable. Right. I guess there's one big one from the early 80s that we got to mention here. Bravo, no. The Weather Channel. <laughs> yeah, the Weather Channel. So there's another thing. Oh, there's a big storm in my area, but I got to wait till like 7 o'clock or whatever at night yeah. or 5 or whatever when, when the Bill news Evans goes. does the weather. So you can tell me if when's this going to end. One storm system is on its way out in the east, while a powerful new storm is causing everything from snow to thunderstorms in the west. And the latest on what's heading your way coming up. Well, the Weather Channel's got you covered because they just tell you the weather all day. Local on the edge. And that's all they do. And, and <laughs> honestly, you know what's funny about the Weather Channel to me? Sometimes it's like there's not even a meteorologist. Sometimes it's just letters that say, like, in this area, this is like if you have to read it off the screen. With that wonderful music. You know that, yeah. that you know how popular the Weather Channel soundtrack was? Well, of it like started the 80s an 90s. entire subgenre it of did, music. man, yeah. and it Vaporwave have. is basically Vaporwave. based on Weather Channel music. Good. Or Muzak, if you will. Muzak. I mean, it's the same thing. Elevator Muzak, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the Weather Channel, folks, so we don't need to explain what it is, but what a concept. Yeah. All so we got all news all the time. We got C-SPAN was another one. Here's what the fuck Congress is doing or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right? it, it's like it's basically yeah C-SPAN. C-SPAN is another fascinatingly good idea. Yeah, it right? is because, a good use of cable because TV here was another time. mystery to the public. How does our government work? <laughs> yeah, what like, the fuck do they do? Like, you know, like nobody knew, right? right. It's like because you couldn't like just go in and see what Congress is doing, and like honestly, that's kind of like a need to know thing. As far as sure. transparency is sure, concerned, yeah. right? Yes. It's like the government, I know they were in association with the cable companies on that because it's called, yes. the, you know, it's it cables like in the name of C-SPAN. I think that's what the C stands for. Yeah. I, it's I, something. Or, I don't know the Or maybe it's congressional, whatever. But There's the point is I know that it's a partnership between 
all of the cable. It was like a union of all the cable companies yes. and the and the federal government. Yeah, it was carried by every cable company, right. as far as I understand. Yeah, and if you had like C-SPAN too, you could watch Canadian Parliament, right, Quinn? Oh yeah. Well, C-SPAN has all sorts of wacky stuff. You can watch Canadian Parliament. You can watch British Parliament. They got in on the game. Do they have the wigs in that? Yeah. Now, why do they do that again? It's tradition. But the wigs is only in the House of Lords, Joe. It's not in the House of Commons. Well, of course, because a common wouldn't wear a wig. Right, right. Why would a common want to look stupid? The only stupid thing is the um, Hi, Richard. Is the speaker has to wear a robe, like he's a judge or something. It's weird. Wait, wait, wait. The speaker, meaning the person speaking, or there's a speaker? The speaker of the house. Okay, well, I don't know how it works it's, over it's there just, in it's your homeland. It's just like here. You, you address, when you address- I know what a speaker of the house when, is. If you're a house representative, you always start your speech, Mr. Speaker. Yes, I understand. Right? It's the same thing. Well, I didn't know, because yeah. I never watched British- part. You ever watched Canadian? You did, didn't you? Uh, no, I watch British more. It's more entertaining because you're allowed to like hoot and holler. Like if somebody says something you don't like, wait, wait. There's hooting and hollering allowed. Oh, there's app. You need to watch this one time. It's it's entertaining. They'll All like right. they'll be like giving a speech about how like we need to you know we need to add more uh, teeth ele- electric chargers or something. And somebody's like boo, <laughs> no electric chargers. I will not tolerate such behavior. If you want to go out, go out now. But if you stand again, I will order you out. Make your mind up. Either shut up and get out. Well, folks, let us know your favorite parliament. Uh, you can do that, of course, at AWM Podcast uh, on Twitter. Maybe the parliament funkadelic, if you will. Yeah. Stop. Back to the Weather Channel. To have that all the time, just like the news, you know, you're only going to get it a few times a day. Same thing mm-hmm. with the weather. Hell, all weather, all the time. Here's the radar. Here's the map. Here's the Doppler. We don't know. Yeah. Everything that we know, a- Everything weather-related, we have it. Yeah, this That's is all it. we do until... Yeah. Remember, like, this, remember when they played well, movies in, like, the 2000s? Yeah. Everyone got upset. Saying, like, hey, we got the perfect storm because, look, it's a weather-related movie. <laughs> they play, like, like, Twister. We're like, stop. Yeah. Don't like, These do are this. fictional storms. What's next? The Wizard of Oz? Well, there is... <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. if they did? Like Al Roker and then there's like an, there's like an insert in the middle. It's like, well, th- well, this is this kind of twister that happened at Dorothy's house. <laughs> like a pop up. Now, we'll, now back to Munchkin City. <laughs> <laughs> so the Weather Channel, we got a lot of utilities, C-SPAN, but you know what I want, Quinn? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. So here's another weird idea on paper, right? Because <laughs> think about this, right? Why would a like a visual medium care about an audio medium. Like what is the connection, That's right? That's good, yeah, good it's question. really stupid on paper, right? <laughs> and we I'm have sure the radio if we want music. Right, I'm sure the pitch was really hard for that. You in, think in, so? Like to, to the financers and backers and stuff. It might have been. Um in fact I think I read the book. It was like yeah. you know they had to they took a lot of effort to get MTV to be a thing. And Rod Stewart. And Rod's yes. Didn't he help I, he did because he he helped he he helped because like they kept they had a connection with him and they could use him to like grease the room and he seems always high and stuff. Of, of all people, just Rod Stewart. Honestly, the stories about Rod Stewart and the founding of MTV are more insane than even the concept of MTV because he was just always on coke and stuff. Well, hey, like, some people are. Imagine Rod Stewart entering your boardroom, like saying, "Like, please give us money to start this channel." With the stupid hair. Yeah. Uh, one day we'll do an MTV episode. That's obviously but, on the list. But, but okay, stupid idea on paper. But this, why does it matter? First of all, it got these entertainers on television, which talk about a benefit right there with the music videos and stuff for that industry alone. It helps sell more records because suddenly 
Tina Turner was on your TV. Michael Jackson was on your TV. Madonna was on your TV. Phil Collins, Phil whoever. Collins was on your TV. Right. And, you, and you had a connection. You were like, I know him. I saw the video. It just tremendously helped the record industry. It was a boon. Which is a weird thing to think about that this television station helped this audio-focused entertainment medium, yeah. medium. Like, it's just very odd. And it worked in tandem. It worked in tandem. And they abandoned it after a while because I think it just didn't do exactly what they wanted it to do past a certain point and they had to shift their programming and blah 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 right. but and by it you mean their format of having vjs which acted like djs right introducing I mean, the, the videos. format of mtv from the beginning was a video radio station that was the that was the pitch that yeah. was the concept right yeah exactly you had the original vjs alan hunter and all them that is asia heat of the moment they're single doing real real well top five in the charts i'm martha quinn it's hard to attract advertising though believe it or not from my understanding too I could see that because I could see advertisers being like, who's going to watch this? Right. Who's going to watch this? <laughs> right. What's my demo? My target That's demo? That's a good point. Uh, but right. I mean, they would come to learn. The record buyers, you know, the, right. eight, the 18 to 34, but then the also, 18 to 49. But then also, especially in that situation, I feel like if you're a advertiser, maybe... They will tune you out because they're here for the music and, you know, they're kids. I mean, that's They're not going to buy. They're also kids. They're on their parents' Yeah, but money. if kids can bug their parents for stuff, yeah. you know, you fine-tune your advertising. But speaking of kids, Joe, there was another station for even younger kids. Do you mean, Quinn, Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. Yes, we talked about this in our Nick at Night episode briefly. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was... Great because it provided the alternative to what the local stations had as their Saturday morning cartoons it and their kids programming. Yeah, so it essentially it wasn't always cartoons per se, and I think no. that's its weakness. And something else would come along later to address that. But <laughs> it's basically the idea of children's programming all day. Yes, something that was a gap. The networks could only do it at a set time once a week. And then later on, they, during got, the midday. they got a little more aggressive, but that was later on. That was like in the late 80s by the time cable existed. I, I don't even 80s, know. Yeah. I don't know the exact timing, well, but that felt like a response to like cable. Yes and no. I mean, there was also like all the local programming, the stations would have their horrible local kids show, like a bozo or a variant yeah. of a bozo, yeah. but they all sucked. And remember, we've and talked it, about and this. And it wasn't endless. And, and it if wasn't you're endless. a kid, you have so much time to kill as a child. That's true. Especially on a rainy day or something. Good point. I mean, you're just, I would just keep Nickelodeon on all day. Yeah, Nickelodeon you know, was huge. It was it was massive. Yeah, as we've talked about. And also, I guess, in hand with, you know, things that were a big deal for kids, Disney. Disney was another yeah, one. Yeah, Disney started their own channel. Yep. In response, partially, I think, in response to Nickelodeon. Right. I mean, hey, we do cartoons. We don't want to, like, lose foothold in that market exactly right? and we have this cachet of you know mickey mouse cartoons and all this stuff right yep. hey i'm miley cyrus from hannah montana and you're watching disney channel we have the kids right mm -hmm. we got the music goers what about those sports fans michael quinn well a little programming channel called espn the came along entertainment and sports programming network that's right this is espn the entertainment and sports programming network now this is another Kind of silly idea on paper, right? Because yes. here's the thing: is Americans only care about three sports and one other. Um, <laughs> they care about football, basketball, yeah. baseball, and sometimes, sometimes hockey. hockey. Yeah, Th those are the most popular sports so, in the U.S. Yes. Okay, so we got some problems here with ESPN on. on, on all of those deals are tied up with local oh, and, yeah. and, and the networks because oh, yeah. they 
attract a lot, a lot, a lot of viewers. Right? Oh my God! Yeah, over the air was where it was at until the late '80s for sports. But ESPN's coming in, and they're like, "Well, we're going to give you all the other sports," and and it's always like strongman contests, snooker. arm wrestling, yeah. snooker, <laughs> swimming. Like, and it, it, it sometimes it's like stuff that aired like seven years ago. Well, I remember like, watching like, the strongest man thing from like 1980. Yeah, whatever. Like, what is yeah. this? <laughs> it's so weird. So on its face, it looks stupid. But here's where ESPN thrived espn news and that's where they figured out wait a second people like to know the scores and they want to just pull it up right they don't want to they don't have the internet yet so they they don't want to wait they just they just want to go to a channel where there's a ticker that said the yankees beat the red sox seven to ten you don't have to wait for tomorrow's paper the yankees beat yeah yeah. (laughs) they beat them so badly they they lost they beat them so yeah they beat them (laughs) ten to seven yeah but no, that you don't need to wait for tomorrow's paper or the right. news to report it later. Right. That's where ESPN did find their niche was talking about sports, right? Which that's the other aspect, right? With sports talk, but ESPN, I feel like later on moved more into sports talk. Well, but Sports it, Center sport, though was their first flagship program. That wasn't the talk as much as it was news, right? The recaps, it was of the more games highlights. And, yeah, it was to highlights. Be fair. Yeah. yeah, it was more highlights than anything. But you're right, sports talk definitely became. I guess FAN really pioneered it. They did, and ESPN grabbed it later. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of works. To be quite honest, it works a little bit better on television when you can have a nice set and, you know, a sit-down. and Sometimes, I guess. The the problem with it is you can't be on the go. Right. If you're, yeah. You know, whereas if you're in your car. And then ESPN got in the radio game. They did. And they just started rebroadcasting what they were airing on the, not even rebroadcasting, simulcasting the audio because they were just doing sports talk, essentially. Not as well, though, with Mike and Mike in the morning and all that crap. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're not Mm -hmm. here to talk about our opinions. But ESPN was was another landmark cable thing. Because now you're starting to cover all these different corners of people's interests between right. weather and news and Congress, I guess, or British Parliament, if you're Quinn, and uh, music. It doesn't matter. Kids it, 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 Weather, yeah. A VH1 for the uh, the adult contemporary music. Right. Well, this is true. You know what I find funny about that? That only came <laughs> later almost as like a response to, hey, why aren't they playing the Michael Jackson videos anymore? Well, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like that's but, what it became. It was also like, I need to watch Sting, solo Sting. I need to watch a lot of Sting, <laughs> it's right? Real. It's like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> if you've joined us for our previous uh, episodes, Quint is not like solos. But thing. VH1 also, one thing VH1 did as the alternative that I thought was really cool was music documentaries. Oh, they did. Behind the Music was one. Behind the, the Music yeah. was huge, Joe. Like, I, I remember they, they really took, they realized they had something with that. Yeah. And VH1 became endless reruns of Behind the Music. I used to love it. Yeah. I really did. And uh, Pop Up Video was VH1, and I yeah. loved Pop Up Video. Did VH1 have Howard Stern? No, that was, was E. e. Speaking of another, yeah, one, another e. just general entertainment stuff, and that's literally what it well, stood for. Well, entertainment news, but entertainment that news, was what the new, that was centered around. And what I find fascinating about that—that's taking entertainment tonight and saying, "What if we did an entire channel about it?" Yeah, and what if we did it funnier? Yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean. They had talk soup and stuff like that, but they also just had general entertainment yeah. gossip and news yep. and news about movies yep. coming out and stuff like that. Yep. I mean, on, on its face, that's actually like a really good idea considering the success of Entertainment Tonight on the on the syndicated. Absolutely, you know, like absolutely, Quinn. Uh, what about home shopping? Home shopping, what, another and inno- QVC. So this is an innovative idea. This is very this innovative. Is, this is okay. Now we have channels for whatever the hell we want. What if you know those infomercials? <laughs> Yeah. What if instead of being on at four in the morning, they were on all day? 
And what if we had a number that you could call and we had live people to like receive it and sell you crap? That's literally what And it we was. could get good sales because we have so many, you know, people seeing like it's early Amazon because it's just a mass appeal kind of thing. Like you can sell stuff for cheap because you're broadcasting to millions. Literally millions. And selling of people. one product yep. for twenty minutes to millions of people. Genius idea. So we're looking at about a hundred dollars with the Jordan cards for $79.95 and we're already double locked on the phone. Please be patient. Keep trying. We've got every phone line taken. Please just keep dialing in right now. It's actually a really smart idea. You just call in and yeah. order it. Yeah. And QVC did the same. But also the mass amount of people seeing it at once. That, that's the key, right? right? Yeah. You're not relying on just advertising right. to get maybe your message you across don't have to, to go people door to door. 30 seconds. You don't have to go door to door or call yeah. or anything. You're on television. Yeah. I used to watch uh, home shopping as a young lad just because it was relaxing to me. I would really? just throw it, it on sometimes. Yeah. It kind of bored me. Oh, I, like, I would when I went to sleep. Yeah, I did. That was not my jam. I got it. I had a TV in my room briefly when I was seven, mm-hmm. and it didn't. I didn't have cable in there, but it had a UHF receiver. And on channel sixty-eight was the Home Shopping oh, that's Network. True. They were on UHF also. They were. They? Yeah, yeah. I think that's it was 68 crazy. Back here in Jersey, uh, so that was a big one. I mean, there's a lot of other channels. I mean, we we know the Discovery Channel, a lot of yeah. educational stuff. TLC, the Learning Channel, A and E. Yeah. Arts and entertainment. And he was really good when in the early days. It, it had was. some really it was kind of like the history channel, but more serious and like a lot I, of documentaries, a lot yeah, of Yeah, it was actually like really good. What about court TV? Court that was another TV. intriguing one at the time. Well, okay, let's take the people's court and just put it on TV yeah. all the time. I mean, the People's Court was a really highly rated program. It was. Well, Wapner. I mean, mm-hmm. got, a, got it 15 minutes of Wapner. Well, I just think the legal system also is just interesting to people in general. Certain segments of people, and this is who it this is who it cashed in on. What about the Food Network? The Food Network. What, what You know, all those Julia Child stuff. Right, and, frugal and, Gourmet. And frugal Gourmet. Galloping what, Gourmet. What if we just had a channel of just that? Yeah. 57 channels and still nothing interesting. I want my mm TV. You know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. For the first 10 years or so, maybe 15 of this channel's existence, there were some really good programs on there. I know, right? learning to cook. Learning to cook. There was also like, I I feel like it developed out of the Food Network, and this became more of a popular thing than a bunch of other networks did. But the concept of what if we travel and show and you food. <laughs> we show you weird foods and stuff, like yes. Mario Bertali or whatever that guy yeah, was. The, yeah, all sorts of people. Rachel yeah. Ray did it. A lot yeah. of people did. But I mean, that was something, too, that was big because- It was a travelogue. You know, for a lot of Americans- we don't know what the food is in Italy or, or France or Greece or sometimes Sweden. they go to the Middle East and, yeah. and, you know, all sorts of wacky stuff that is just, I've never even seen this before. I didn't even know you could eat that. Anthony Bourdain probably had the best versions of those shows. Oh, obviously. yeah, I was he did. Parts Unknown and all those other ones. Yeah, and then, and then no CNN picked them up. Yeah. Yeah. No reservations. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. The food, cha- food Network was great when it was doing that type of stuff. And Good Eats with Alton Brown because yep. that was like the Mr. weird angles. Yeah, yeah, the Dutch <laughs> angles. It was like Mr. Wizard meets a cooking show. So that that show is so weird. I Joe. loved that show, man. Want to watch the whole show sideways? Well, only like, some of it, yeah. not all of it. it. It was a lot, Joe. It was very intense for me. You didn't like the geometry of the. I just felt like I was watching like Swedish TV or something, like just some weird European channel. It did have that fogginess about it yeah. with the angularity. Yeah, I'll give you that. And the Comedy Channel, uh, which became Comedy Central, mm-hmm. another big one because, hey, we're just going to play all sorts of comedy shit all day long. Yeah. No, Comedy Central, another fantastic idea because yes. 
again, what is the most mainstream popular thing on network television? Comedy shows. Yeah, sitcoms. Well, what if you can get comedy shows, but you know, like Monty Python and like all the, you yeah. know these legendary comic shows, and then on top of it, you can get stand up, which you just could not get outside of HBO right. at that point. And right? if this is on your basic cable package. Right. It was it was genius. Slam right? dunk, yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Randy Quaid, and you're watching Comedy Central. Oh, my God, they killed Kenny! <laughs> you bastard! And, of course, got to bring this up. Cartoon Network, Quinn. Cartoon Network. Why did so this matter? I feel like this was the response to Nickelodeon, right? Nickelodeon, one weak spot was that you know, they only had so much time in the day, but they wanted to have live action. They wanted to have cartoons. They wanted to have everything kids liked. But you can't... Sometimes kids are just like, I just want to watch cartoons. Like, only <laughs> cartoons. Right? Like, seriously. Oh, like, yes, okay. Like, right now, I want to watch cartoons. You? Right now? While we're right doing this? Right this second. And, okay. th- and that's what Cartoon Network was for. Oh, I you know what I, I mean? see what like, you did there, Quinn. Yeah. yeah, that's true, though, because Nickelodeon didn't only have cartoons. They had, like, other kids, like, live action, what would you do? And they would have Looney Tunes, and they would have Doug and, like, Rugrats, but, like... Yeah, they, David the Gnome. They didn't even have the variety. Cartoon Network's variety was really the, its strength. They had everything. Like, as far they as cartoon... Anything that was animated, it was on it. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Was that a Turner? It was it was a Turner That's idea, Turner, yeah. Right? yeah. And they hooked up with Hanna Barbera no, for it. I don't like them. Yeah, they're the crappier. But I, I'm a Warner Brothers cartoon fellow. But it wasn't it wasn't like Hanna Barbera only. It was just I think that was what Turner was using to base like the the core, the core. of the, and then they could add on to it because then they got like anime and like anything you could think of that was animated was on it. They got the Space what, Ghost Coast Space to Coast. Ghost. Yeah, they they went into the Adult Swim route. Cartoon so, Planet. Like, yeah, because also what Cartoon Network figured out is. Hey, what if we have cartoons for adults? Yeah, right. That was, it was a pretty like, good idea. It was. Man. It was just like we Harvey are Birdman. It was basically we're cartoons. Like, and, and we will yeah. do any genre of cartoon. And they did. Yeah, it was a very. It still is very successful. Yeah. Uh, and the whole point here, I think we're done running down all these channels for now. Unless you have right. any more that you think we need to mention, we're just giving you basics. But I mean, I think that the thing that's coming to the forefront here is that cable really did offer. Yep. A whole different like dimension of television to people, like more that more possibilities than I think anybody could have ever expected. I mean, hell, they had a whole channel devoted to golf, like right? <laughs> the golf channel, right? Yes. Exactly. So, like, this, this is what I mean. It's just like the possibilities were endless. If you had a niche interest, they could make a channel out of it, and, and that's why it was so wildly successful. Think about this, folks. Say you're Frank, the TV owner, in 1989 or something, mm-hmm. right? Cable now becomes available in your town. You are using your antenna. You're picking up CBS and NBC and ABC and whatever other and those, locals. And those are broad strokes, and they're they're yep. great to have, yep. right? But now you hear about this cable, and it's got, let's say, 40 channels. And you're like, wait, there's a sports channel on here? I right. guess he's in North Jersey. You can get all the sports all day long? Mm-hmm. And his or, or maybe the, the cooking channel, you know. My wife will want to watch the, the home shopping channel. The home shopping, right. yeah. I mean, they, they did, they, in the kids, they cater to the kids. It, I mean, they oh, made... the tunes? They got the cartoons? They made sure, if you notice... I'm sorry for this if, impression. If you notice the strategy, they went for every gender's inter- gender and age group's uh, every interest. Every demo. Every Isn't demo possible. Easiest yeah. way to... Yeah, every demo. Gender, age group, whatever. Whatever right? it is. Old, young, it doesn't matter. Because classic movies for the old timers, right? Turner Classic Movies, yeah. American Movie Classics. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they really 
started as a 90s approach, they figured out that the more, the better with cable, right? Was that you need to just get every little niche, every demo, yeah. every interest, yes. you know, everything. So why wouldn't you want that if it came I mean, to we didn't town? even talk about the fact that the porno stuff and pay-per-view and all that. It was a family show, Quinn. Right, yeah. Crying out Well, loud. what about pay-per-view, right? Well, what about pay-per-view? Well, that... There's two components of that. There's premium cable, right? Like in HBO, like we talked about, uh, Showtime, Stars, all that. Premium cable is technically cable. It absolutely is. It's distributed it didn't the same exist way prior to cable. You Correct. needed to have cable to get it. But what was different about it is you paid the channel a subscription fee. Yeah, or or on a one-time fee for an event. Yeah, pay yeah. per view. Exactly. And one of the things about this. If you had a cable box, we got to talk about a cable box. Yeah. So okay. what is a cable this, this box? Is important. Yeah. Let's say you have a TV that you bought in 1975. Right. And it's 1990. And that's not that far-fetched. 15 years. No. Not, I mean, especially with how pe- Americans used appliances back then. They right. were, you know, 20-year-old devices. Right. So it's 1990. You just got hooked up for cable. You got mm-hmm. your TV from 75. It's a Zenith, right? And you it go was to a f- big deal back then. It was a big deal back yeah, then. So yeah. you turn on your clicker. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing anything. What happened here? Well, your TV is not cable ready. It doesn't have a cable converter in it. A cable tuner. A coaxial cable input and a cable tuner inside the TV. Yeah. So what you would normally do is you would rent it a converter box. It was called a cable converter box from your local cable company. Mm -hmm. Uh, And which, by the way, there were many local companies back then in the 80s and 90s that all got bought up by the big ones. We're not really here to Mm -hmm. talk too much about that, but like. Comcast bought everyone, and Turner, uh, Time Warner, yeah. Cable, uh, Cable Vision, they all bought everyone. Anyway, you look, rent it from your local cable company, and it sits on top of your TV normally. It's got usually like a red LED. A red LED with the channel number you're on. Gerald Electronics makes a lot of them. Remember yep. we talked about them? I felt like there was only like two manufacturers <laughs> I mean. of these things, right? They all look the freaking same. Yes. Every single one of them looked exactly the same no matter where you... They were like the McDonald's of TV. It's right? true. It was like they were just exactly the same. But the bottom line was the cable would go into that and then out from that into your TV and you would use that mm-hmm. to click your channels and voila, right. you have cable. However, they started manufacturing cable-ready TVs. Right. Now, these, you didn't need the box. Correct. RCA's 20-inch color TV, digital tuning, cable-ready, auto color control, and just $249.86. But then there was this other element. Those cable TVs, they didn't have the means to order paper. Correct. Right. So then now you need the box. You need a set-top box. Because what the set-top box does is it can talk back to the the cable phone home, if you will. They were addressable. Right. In later times, especially. And and the cable company can flip a switch and says, box number 1073 gets this show. Yes. Right? So let's say you had a set-top box and uh, you didn't pay for HBO. Well, when you went to the HBO channel, because it was like 17 bucks a month even back then. It was a lot of money. It would be scrambled. Now, there are several things you could do to unscramble this. Yes. One would be pay them. One would be to pay them. That's probably the most scrupulous thing to do. And they would give you the box to do that, right? Yeah. The other thing that people did (laughs) is they they either modified their cable box, which I'm not going to say my dad did, but... He might have. Uh, he wasn't it as simple as like literally rerouting like one wire yes. or something back like in the eighties. It was not. It was not some like didn't have like a microchip it or was anything. Very easy back then yeah. in the eighties. Now once that <laughs> changed a little bit, some of these shady people that maybe sell things out of trunks or mm-hmm. phone booths, 
they started selling these devices and shady magazines and periodicals. Now, what were they known as, Joe, amongst the cable faithful? A black box. Or a hot box. Or a hot box. Yes. Either way. And these things did what, Michael? They basically just bypassed the cable. They would just unlock every channel. HBO, uh, pay, like basically the paper, Everything. the pay per view channel would just become a channel. Yes, just with just endless you just flip through it. Yeah, like just with everything playing. You could buy these, like I said, not in a store. No, a lot of times you did have to know a guy. You had to know a guy. You know, it fell off the back of a truck kind of situation. Yeah, and it's true I, because I never owned a black box or a hot box. But I knew a couple of people. I knew that a couple did. of friends who had one too. Then I watched many a pay per view events. Usually, I would ask the question, "Where did you get this?" And they would vaguely say, "The city." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that yeah, one from you. That's no, good. That's, <laughs> the city. The city. Okay. Well, they, in our area, that meant New York City. But, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it, you, it you also know what that's code for. Yeah, also. of course. It's just, don't worry about it. Yeah, we got yeah, it from yeah. somewhere. The city. You know what's prevalent in the <laughs> yes. city that I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. But folks, we want to hear your stories on that because I bet a lot of you either had or knew somebody that had a hot box or a black box, a descrambler device, or maybe uh, your dad or somebody, your uncle, had the ingenuity to modify it like my dad allegedly did. Yeah. Uh, nothing could happen. But He's not alive. So. I'll say this about pay-per-view, you know, outside the hot box situation. Yeah, what a great idea. Well, if you want to make money, it is, yes. But I mean, especially for sporting events. That's where Boxing. that's where it made its money. Boxing, Boxing and wrestling and professional wrestling were the right? two big ones. Were yeah. the two big, big, big ones. Finally, Tyson versus Holyfield, one of three heavyweight championships, Saturday, November 9th, live on pay per view. Another big one that we forget: concerts, live yeah. concerts, Woodstock '94. It, it, it was definitely a way that a event concert could make an extra buck. Yeah. By broadcasting it on pay-per-view. Yeah, and we right? know those mu- musicians need money, I know. Yeah, but here's the thing is, though, Sting. right? Musicians, you know, to this day, you know, even back when records were first around, what was their primary source of income? Concerts. Concerts and record sales, yeah. But more than, the records came later. The con- Now that the records have dwindled, the concerts That's are true. the primary. So well, yeah, what I, all point. I'm saying is that pay-per-view provided an opportunity for musicians to broadcast their concerts and sure. basically sell a ticket over the television. Yeah, right? same concept as uh, selling a ticket to a boxing match or right. a wrestling thing. Right, uh, exactly. 100%. And that was what that was the experience they were advertising. It yeah. was like, you're basically buying a ticket to the event. And you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Right. You don't even have to wear pants. And it was a huge innovation. No and pants. Then, yes, no pants. And then the other part of it was yes. movies. Yeah, that was the big deal. And then later they got more advanced with on demand, but on demand came later. Yeah, but HBO and it spun off into Cinemax and right. Showtime spun off into the Movie Channel. But there was also like I remember this is that even before that um, Viewers Choice, Viewers Choice, which was not like HBO where it was like a schedule. Like Viewers Choice was like you call them up and you say I want to watch Sleepless in Seattle or something. <laughs> it and is they, a good film, and then you pay them three bucks or whatever yes. and they you know send it to your box it's pay-per-view basically right. instead yeah. of going to the video store right exactly you know why it's called viewer's choice because it was your choice yes it was your choice hey i've got it pay-per-view on cable yeah i'll pay the sitter i'll order the flick gee this is easy wow that was quick why didn't we think of this before next time we will before we're out the door next time you do it pay-per-view it 
refresh my memory, but did the Viewer's Choice channel was, like, if you went to it and hadn't ordered a movie, would it just list what was available and then, like, call this number or something? Um, like, I forget how it worked. No, I think it was a schedule, Quinn. It was its. I forget if it was scheduled it or not. That's what I don't remember. It was scheduled, but it was, I don't... I know it had have, multiple channels. That's though. what I was going to say. I think they had multiple channels of it. Mm-hmm. Cable TV obviously caught on for yeah. all these reasons that we're saying, whether it's the premium stuff like pay-per-view or the basic cable. Because of the variety, because of the options, the access it provided to people. Uh, we mentioned in the 60s, there was like 6% of people had it. By 1978, 7.5%. So still, like, yeah, it wasn't growing, but like the 80s, Joe. By 1988, it was the United States. 52%. That's a That's like insane. That's half the, of all television viewers in America, which is millions and millions of people. Exactly. Multi-millions of people. And by the 90s, over 60%. Wow. That's a lot of friggin' people. Now, I've always, again, my theory has always been behind this partially. Go ahead. It's not even just about the access. It's the fundamental no bad reception is p- one of the features that is like, because I know a lot of people would just order the most basic $20 a month because they just didn't want to deal with rabbit ears and like and you know, storms, storms and stuff. And stuff. Like that. I mean, that is true, folks. If you're younger and you never dealt with the rabbit ears and stuff, in bad weather, you would have like a fuzzy, shitty signal. Even yeah. on like and you're in the ABC. And you can't go out of your house because it's a storm. And what else <laughs> are you going to do? Watch TV. But like now I can't because... But the, the, the reception's bad. Now, sometimes, though, the cable would go out in a storm. Sometimes when, the cable would go out, but more likely so, the rabbit ears was just 100% unreliable. That's that was a good the point. Difference. It was like, like snowing on your TV. Yeah. It was shitty. Seriously, like, cable was was the only way to get around that. It, it served it that function. It did. Just, and that was just a default feature of it. Yeah, it wasn't right? even intended. And, that's, and that, to me, is... That just basic feature, Joe, was like why ninety nine percent of people, if they did, if they didn't have like extra stuff, they just had whatever the cheapest bottom of yeah. the barrel. Like I just cable to my house because also, I would say almost every TV on the market was cable ready by a certain point. Like oh, it definitely was, by it, the eighties, uh, late eighties, early nineties. It 90s. was not even something they advertised anymore. It was just oh, it has yeah. a coaxial on the back. By the early 90s, definitely. Yeah. 100% yeah. was. Uh, Some of them didn't even have the inputs for so you could hook it to yeah, an antenna the anymore. Antenna they and, only had the coaxial. But the ones we were getting in the early 90s, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Just coaxial cable. One of the things, this is a question for the listeners and also, though, for you, of course, Quinn, because you're right here with me. Did you at any point in your life, maybe as a kid, especially when it's easier to remember things, did you have all the channels memorized for a while? Uh, yeah, I, I generally knew where everything was. Did it upset I, you when they would change it? Yes. <laughs> uh, one thing my family would always do, when the cable company, it was almost yearly, I want to say, they would send you like a sticker to go on the back of your remote with the numbers, and we would always stick it on the back of the remote. Did so they? So you could turn it around and the number would say what channel it was, but it would be out of date, you know, when they changed stuff, so it would be very annoying when they would change it, but they would... I, w- I will give them credit. They were on top of sending you the sticker when they did change it. I didn't get no sticker. What who did you have? Cablevision? Comcast. So did I. I yeah, didn't they, get no sticker. I don't know. Maybe my mom threw Maybe out the sticker. Maybe she just threw out the sticker. She I don't know what to tell sticker. you, but my mom didn't, and she would always you know, put it on the back. Well, it must be nice to be so clean and odor-free, Michael yeah, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, but memorizing channels, I mean, I had to memorize yeah. as a kid. I remember getting older. 
and not caring as much anymore. And then yeah. with the advent, of course, of like digital cable and the set top boxes that had the on screen guide. Once you had the guide, you didn't it, need to know anymore. That's another thing we didn't even mention. Well, Remember I'm the getting cha- there, Quinn. The channel that was just a guide, the preview channel, the preview channel. Well, because this was how you would find things on television, folks. Uh, your newspaper would actually have TV listings for the night, or you had a subscription TV guide. You had TV guide. Your newspaper might have its own like local TV guide. Well, yeah, that was the free TV guide, basically. The free version. Now, did you, in your clean and odor-free home, did you have a subscription to TV Guide? We did. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I did not. I used the free one like a lowly commoner without a wig. It was more one of those... House um, of Lords over here. It was, it was more to my family like one of those utility things they had a subscription to. Like, oh, it's just so annoying to... Cause I would just, what about I, the free one? Well, my mom loved that. When that happened, she got rid of TV Guide. My oh, okay. dad still liked TV Guide. Does he still get it? I don't remember. I don't think so. If he's listening, he can tell us, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he does. Oh, man. What was neat about TV Guide is it did have like articles and stuff about TV in general. Jerry Seinfeld dating 19-year-old or whatever. No, it wasn't gossip. It was oh, usually sorry. like interviews and stuff. Like Jerry, how do you feel about your 19-year-old? Or like, oh, man, this new season of Roseanne's going to be really good. It like, wasn't talking about the last season, I yeah, hope. No. <laughs> But it, it would it would do stuff like that, like oh this yeah. is coming. Like it would treat TV like you needed, like it was like your guide to television. It's, it's almost like that's why they called it TV guide. Yeah, exactly. Quinn. Oh, that's but, crazy. But if you didn't have the TV guide because you're more well off like Quinn was growing up, and you didn't have the channels memorized. You could find everything on your preview channel. Yes, the preview channel. Yes. So the preview channel also weirdly it had like free pay per view things like previews in the little. <laughs> It top, did. Top, top corner thing. Like t- it was hooked into the... I feel like, was it part of the cable company? Like, were they the ones broadcasting it? The, yeah, your local carrier had to broadcast the menu. Yeah, right. Like, like a cheap Amiga commute. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, oh, it was cheap, all right. <laughs> In the early days. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they... Blue screen. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm positively crazy about the preview channel. Turning to preview is always a plus. It's educational. It's informative. It's fun. Plus, it's all at the touch of a button. If you remember, eventually TV Guide bought them, and it became the TV Guide channel. Which, you I'm know sure what? you were all happy no, about. Well, I was, I was as a kid, I was always like, God. why isn't this just hooked in with TV Guide? Because here's the thing is, I felt like the cable company sometimes was inaccurate, but TV Guide was always like on the point. Man, big TV Guide fan over yeah, here. They're good. Yeah, they're great. I'm sure people will write in and be like, yeah, that was good. But do you remember over time? The, the menu of the channels got smaller and smaller and the screens on top got bigger and bigger and <laughs> yeah. didn't ev- isn't it just like a channel like pop oh, TV or something now I don't I don't even know I what think that it's like just a regular television channel now. I don't know how that's possible when it was just like literally like a utility it was like channel three or what one of the ones that was never yeah. used yeah. like that's what's funnier it was about utility. it utility yeah uh with digital cable was um also instrumental in some developments uh, one of which was uh, on demand on demand. So we were talking about how the pay per view was like on a schedule, sort of. It or, was. It was. Yeah. I promise it was. But you had, if it wasn't, you had to use your phone to call to get the thing. You had to still call. Yeah. You had to call. Imagine. I think that's a weird concept for a lot of people listening. Is the concept of like you have to call a phone number so to order a thing on your television. You did. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is yeah. weird because if you didn't live it, especially digital cable changed that because uh, first of all, digital cable. 
it still looked like regular cable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there, it was on a digital spectrum, which is a lot wider, and a lot more channels came with digital but cable. But also with digital, it's interactive. Correct. There's a box that has an actual computer, a very crap computer. Yes. But it has one. A very but, crap. Yeah. And what that allowed was uh, electronic program guides, you know, like mm-hmm. your on-screen displays and, and you blah, could blah, hit blah. a button, and, and you don't have to go to the TV Guide channel. It would just pull up a guide. Yep. And it would put in the little screen. Remember, it looked like the preview channel yep. initially, and it would put what you were watching in, in the a little, little screen. Yeah. I was like, I remember that. To me, that was like so cool. It like, was Because cool. I was like, oh, like everything's the preview yeah, channel. I remember now, that. Right? Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. That's true. And it also allowed for ordering things directly from your remote. Right. Because your box was addressable, right? Right. I thought that was awesome. It, when it worked, there, it generally worked to me, but. Um, Again, East Brunswick. I don't know. It was Comcast. What, do you, what am I going to tell you? I didn't live in East Brunswick. They had, they had it under it control over there. It didn't work well in my area. But anyway, I think that that, for my family at least, I know we ordered way more stuff because there was no calling involved. And I feel like that <laughs> that also was probably just a general trend. Well, who wants to call anymore? Even right. then. But the calling was cumbersome It's just for a movie or something. I remember people just, my family just... Hey, we want to rent a movie now, and they would just do it, and like they wouldn't even think about it because it was just so cheap. Yeah, you just scroll through the it's guide, like three bucks or something. It literally would be like two ninety five. So it doesn't be cheaper than renting. Sometimes, yeah. right? It'd be like, oh, this is totally worth it, right? It's the same concept for those of you that might rent a movie on Amazon now or mm-hmm. something like that, because I, I do that occasionally. If I, I don't would absolutely record too when I would um when I would um, <laughs> order a movie. Like, fire up that VCR? Yeah, I'd be like, well, I'm paying three bucks for it. I might as well get to keep it, right? Where'd you get that VCR, Quinn? The city? Uh, <laughs> no, you could just... It, you, there was no... You didn't have to do anything I'm fancy kidding, Quinn. for that. I know yeah. that. Anyway, uh, another thing cable companies started doing, and we talked about this in our AOL episode, is they started providing internet. Yes. Like Comcast, our cable company, uh, started providing internet, so right? So now the internet's involved. Now, yeah. that's interesting, right? Yeah. Because high-speed internet eventually led... To high speed streaming. Right. So, okay, we need to preface this with the preface fact that away. In the early days of the internet, I'm talking even in the early days of high speed, at, which was just three megabits per second, it was like still nothing. Give us a year for right. reference. Like in the early 2000s. Yeah, okay. Like when, when you could get cable internet, that internet wasn't exactly fast by today's standards. Oh, absolutely not. It was just tremendously more fast than 56K. Correct. Right? Yeah, let's be clear about but that. It, yes. it, it is nowhere near no. what we have now. But right? it was the foundation for what we have now. And it still was very difficult to stream or even to download a movie. Like, it took hours, right? Oh, even yeah. even on high-speed internet, yes. as they called it. Absolutely right? true, Quinn. But, you know, we get to the late the late aughts. Mm-hmm, 2009. And now we're getting, you know, 20 megabits per second, 50 megabits per second, like that kind of speed. Yeah. Then suddenly it was feasible. But then what people realized, specifically Netflix, wait a second, we don't need the cable company to like yep. run this. We have a server. They can go to a website and watch the movie. Yep. Right? And what what if we do you one better? There's... All sorts of computers hooked up to the TV, game consoles and stuff. We can just write an application for that. They were lo and behold. Lo and behold, eventually Apple came out with Apple TV. Apple TV, um, and there was low cost competitors, Roku, and you know all these still exist now. Fire Stick, right? Yeah, and then smart TVs, where it was just built into the TV. One of these functionalities, 
And what all these things were able to do is the internet got faster and having a faster connection became more commonplace in certain areas where it was available, especially with fiber optic yes. and all that, is you could watch shows on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or whatever you watch your shit on now. And if you wanted to cancel your cable because you felt, I'm not using this anymore, you could. Here's where it got worse. Somebody, I forget the first, first one. I want to say it was either Sling or Sony TV. Like, remember the Sony, the like, Sony PlayStation? One. It was called PlayStation View. Yeah. Like, V-U-E. V-U-E. They were the two. And they were like, well, we'll do you one better. We can just stream the channels. The actual on, channels. Like, that are on your cable. You can flip if you want. And you get the guide and all that yeah. business, but it's it's like an application. It's not a coaxial broadcast yep. thing. And, and they even had, like, DVR and all that stuff. Yep. And it was like, to me, and all that stuff, it was kind of like... Oh, cable stays are numbered now because they don't even need that anymore. Like they right. can just replicate the experience. And in some senses it's better because streaming quality kept getting better and better because it was software. They could they could keep compression and like you're doing algorithms. It, it's and, it's yeah. digital, right? It's, it's all digital. digital. There's yeah. no there's no there's no analog, analog signal to here. it anymore. Yes. So you can start messing around with the compression algorithms and higher quality. So suddenly you could get like 1080p television that was even hard to get on the digital cable back in the day it was right hd cable. like yeah. 720p was like all it did yes and it was like it was just crazy and then youtube came out with youtube tv as yeah. one of the op- so many options now now there's now you have so many choices and the best part about all of these is unlike the cable companies you're not region restricted it's no contracts that was the other thing is we didn't even mention the cable companies would lock you into a contract they could yeah. back in the day. A lot right? of them a would. A lot of them did back they, in the day. They would say it's cheaper if you get it for a year, a year or something, yeah. right? That's true. I think, Quinn, that um, there's definitely a lot of positives as a consumer to the way things are now. Mm-hmm. If your primary concern is simply watching specific programs. I do feel that the lack of the region restriction actually homogenizes everything because there's less local charm. There's less individuality. Well, and also the content creators are like, they have to keep a global, literally a global audience in in mind. And there is something... Now, I haven't had cable since I moved here because it's too expensive. I just have my regular internet and we have a couple... I use some of your streaming services (laughs) that that our company pays for, Quinn. Yeah, it's true. Uh, You know that. And I haven't had cable. You, when I lived with you prior to moving here... You were the one that's like, we're getting rid of cable. Remember that? I was like <laughs> a big push for it because yeah. I, maybe I was just, I had my, my finger on the pulse or whatever, but I could just see- You the, did. I could see the writing on the wall like way early. You as did. soon as I saw that there was a service that did it, because I'll tell you what, as like personally, right? Yeah. The minute I saw YouTube, I that was when I knew. I yeah. was like, I was like, if someone can just get this, like the, the combination of YouTube and Netflix, and I could see how the quality could- get that good and blah, yeah. was like I was like if somebody could just get feeds of the channels yeah. and stream them it's over there's no purpose anymore you know what I mean a lot of people the cord cutting movement really began about 10 years ago right maybe 2015 I wouldn't even call it a movement anymore well, it's just the way it is like, yeah. it's like you know what I mean like it, it, it is like, it is but a yeah. lot of people still do have cable right because here's the thing is it did make cable more competitive because at the end of the day cable still can provide the same thing 
that streaming can provide. It just needs to be more competitive in price. Well, yeah, that's true. Right? And, and with the advent of a a la carte cable where you right. can kind of just choose what shit you want right. instead of paying for things you don't want. Exactly. That is one of the things that helped. But it's almost... With all the streaming options now and certain exclusivity to each one, it is almost becoming... It's almost just as expensive as it was before, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Part of me wishes that I still had cable. Now, I know I could fix that by paying for it, but then I would have less money, and I don't want to use my money on cable. Part of me does miss the fucking set-top box flipping through and just whatever the hell I land on. Yeah, Like, I have an almost six-year-old son as of press time. He has no concept of flipping through the channels. And that things are on at a certain time. Right. He watches <laughs> Have YouTube you ever explained that to him? I, I've, no, I haven't even tried. Yeah. He watches YouTube. We got uh, Disney Plus, you know, all the various apps, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Part of me feels sad. Like, he's never going to really experience the flipping. But then I think about it. I'm like, was it that great or were we just kids? I'll say this. I wouldn't say it was a charm as much as like a viewing habit. It was that concept of, you know how NBC would say must-see TV, but yeah. I feel like that that concept was rooted in the fact of like, no, you got to watch it this time. Right. It made certain programs special. Like, for example, they could they could make, you know, the Ross and Rachel moment, right? It was like they kind of advertised that a little bit, you know, on NBC yeah. for the week. Like, what's going to happen, right? Or and season like, finales And of so TV everyone's shows. tuning in at the exact same yeah. time, and it's kind of got this kind of buzz to it right and it you know the next day hey did you watch friends like you know like it was it's lost that now people watch shows at their own pace right they time shift to their convenience the only thing that has retained that is sports yes because of the nature of it right you can't to be fair i feel like i know you watch old yankee games but it's that's background noise though it's really hard for people to watch a non-live sporting event agreed unless like you're unless it you're you're viewing it on tape delay meaning it's not even being broadcast it it hasn't even been yeah like the you know how like the olympics because it's like on in the middle of the night like there's no there's no way to see it right without staying up till four so i'd say (laughs) yeah exactly so i'd say like the super bowl still provides that communal experience of everyone watching the closest thing we have to like a everyone is watching this but like like the finale of mash but the yeah but this is what i'm saying is is that the super bowl is all we got left yeah is that it used to be everything right like and that's what's changed there's the oscars and this is just tv in general this isn't even just cable oh yeah yeah we're not lamenting the death of cable by pointing this out necessarily because cable isn't dead i want to be clear about that It, it is not dead but to be fair to cable it was the last bastion of television like that I guess so. I right. mean, but over the air is still over the air, even in digital form now. Yeah, you can still get it, and actually, the quality is really good. Yeah, they they because that went digital too. Yeah, you can get a digital receiver, and digital. Do you know this about digital receivers? Yeah, it, there is no fuss. It's either you get it or you don't. It's ones and zeros. It's right? ones and zeros. So it's like it's either you're getting signal or you're getting like a black screen. Yeah, that like makes it's, sense. It's, it's, it's totally, it, it eliminates the fuzz. That makes sense. <laughs> right? It eliminates the fuzz. I guess overall, though, the, the factors that contributed to the rise we talked about, the variety that was previously unattainable, I do feel, Quinn, especially with a digital cable, that it, there became such saturation um, especially in the mid-2000s with channel drift and a lot of channels losing their identities and converting to reality programming and everything just started to blend yeah, together. I will say that it's like... That's the that, biggest thing that to was, me. That was, to me, late cable. It's, it's yeah, like like mid-2000s and beyond, was, right? They lost focus of like 
the whole point of why you wanted all these channels is because they all had these little niches, but then suddenly all of them wanted to be TBS or TNT or, you know, or one Bravo. of the, Bravo, like they want, they all wanted to be the big one. So then they all started like pattering their programming after the most popular one. And then it's That's like, true. well, what the hell is the point of you then? Like, why, yeah. why is the tennis channel showing movies? Right. Like, what the hell is this? Why like, am I watching the Real Housewives of Laramie, Wyoming? You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, what, who can? On country, on country music television. Right. Like, I, I'm here for country music. Right. Like, I, I don't, that, not me, but I'm just saying the person watching. Someone that. is. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. No, but you're right. The, the loss of identity of right. all these unique channels, MTV being one of the most prominent and early ones. Right. MTV, that was one of the first examples of wow the advertising's not paying for it right we got right? we, we actually have to yeah and there's like, reasons and again we're going to do an MTV episode one day but right. really reality TV was one of the main things but a lot of channels did drift and it's called yeah. channel drift i mean it really is yeah and TLC being one the history channel being one the weather channel briefly the history channel just became the conspiracy theory yeah. channel it's like hey did you know egyptians were in space or whatever <laughs> it was like what the what is this TLC bigfoot when, is good like, TLC used to be the learning channel it became yeah. reality based and again if you like the stuff on there i'm not saying you yeah. shouldn't like that's not what i'm saying court tv became true tv the impractical jokers channel you yeah, know and yeah great show things like that and maybe it just became overkill right i think that but it lost its i think cable just lost its identity lost its in, way, ge- yeah. in general it, it's not it's not that the the channel drift is like a a good thing for ratings like yeah i guess it's for ratings it's that like the whole appeal of the channels was that you were there for music videos or a certain sport, perhaps, yeah. or like you know, food recipes or, or weather or something yeah. like. But they lost that. They lost that, and knowing that less people are watching, you want to spend less money to make your programming. Right. And what is very cheap? Anything reality based, not yep. scripted, no writers, you know, yep. blah blah blah. And listen. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, I'm worse off in my life not having cable. That's not what I'm getting at, you know, because I watch what I want to watch now. And yeah. I think most people are used to doing that. However, what I do want to hear from the fans out there is if you have cable, do you also have streaming services? Do you use the two in conjunction? Uh, if you have, Or do ca- you have a, a package on st- a streaming cable package? Like right, YouTube like YouTube TV, TV yeah. which I did have for a while. Actually, right, I yeah. keep saying I don't have cable. I did have YouTube TV for a while, right. and I liked it. Uh, do you have that? Did you cut the cord recently? Did you cut the cord 10 years ago? Are you never cutting the cord? Let us know. We want to hear from you, but we hope, I guess, we hope you enjoyed our unscrambling of the history of cable here. Hope we have broadcasted some happy memories into your home. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us here. Please be sure to follow us at AWM Podcast on Twitter and join our Facebook group. But Quinn, we will be back next week for something, believe it or not, completely different. Until that time, have a good rest of your day, a good rest of your week, and we will see you same place, same channel next week. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week.